Hi, everybody. Welcome to Busy Living Sober. It's episode 297, 297 episodes. And today is May 18th, 2022. And today we are sponsored by Soberlink. As we all know, addiction is a serious issue that needs to be addressed. Nearly 15 million people in the U.S. have alcohol use disorder. And that's only alcohol. Um, only 10% of these people get treatment. And this can be attributed to the stigma that's associated with addiction, which is what I want to change. And so does Soberlink. And their remote alcohol monitoring tool has helped over 500,000 people to be more accountable in their sobriety. Their voluntary system encourages connection and honesty, which helps to rebuild trust and maintain sobriety. I've teamed up with Soberlink to create the resource guide tips for keeping busy living sober for those in recovery. Visit www.soberlink.com slash BLS for busy living sober and download the resource. And if you or someone you know can benefit from accountability for alcohol recovery, you'll also find a form on that page to sign up for a $50 promo code to get off your first Soberlink device. So today's topic is um, sleeplessness and anxiety and your mind racing and what to do with that. It's, I was, um, I'm, it's, so I am dealing with stuff with my oldest son and it's not bad. It's just different. And we've just had a major shift in our relationship, which has caused, um, me some sadness because he's actually totally pulling away and I'm very happy for him for his decision, but it's kept me up at night. You know, when you're, you want to figure something out and you're like, why is it going this way? And, um, I couldn't sleep last night. So I was up at three o'clock in the morning. Does anybody real? So by four, I was still up at four and I'm looking at the clock and I'm like, I got to get out of bed. I got to get out of bed. I got to go into the other room. So I went into my um, dining room and I turned on the light and I have a fountain outside my, my, in the front of my house. And I can hear it when I in for my dining room, if I open the window, so I open the window so I could hear the fountain and I got a candle and I lit the candle and I got a notebook, a legal size notebook. And I just sat and I started to write everything that was bothering me and what I had power over and what I didn't have power over. And the reality is I only have power over me. I have no power over him. I have no power over the situation. All I can do is surrender. And as I was writing, I started to think about when I was first getting sober and um, how at the end of my drinking, I'd been, you know, I, I feel like I, while I was drinking, I didn't, I, you know, I had feelings, but they were so big and so, um, hard to deal with. Right. I just had all these major feelings going on and the feelings that I had when I was younger, I remember I had so many feelings and I, oh, and on the outside, you would have said, oh my God, she's a tough girl. Like she's got all this. And in reality, on the inside, I was like, um, a little teeny tiny kid, right? I just couldn't deal with any of my feelings. So when I first got introduced to alcohol at the age of, um, you know, 13, 
And I started drinking at 13. Now, did I drink daily? No. Was I like, no. It's like kind of like that Selma Blair article I posted last week. She had her first drink at seven. I mean, I guess in reality, I had my first drink at like two. My dad had told me that when I was little, they had had a party and I went around the table. I've, I've mentioned this before in the podcast and I drank that what was left over. And that was the first time I guess I got drunk, but I was two. I don't remember that. But at 13, I, that was the first time I really like was like, I'm going to try this with my friends. And, um, and we did. And I don't remember that first time I drank. I could not tell you that I remember there's people I know that can remember the first time I drank. Um, my husband can remember the first time he can't, he did, but I don't remember. And so I'm not gonna lie to you and tell you, I do, I did. I do remember, but I don't. Um, but I do know that I obviously liked it because I did it from 13 to 37. And as I, I was never a daily drinker. I was a binge drinker from the get-go. Um, I was always one to get really drunk. So, and you know, what I liked the best, it was not the taste. It was not, um, I, I didn't think it tasted good. I just know that I liked the feeling I had, that feeling like I didn't have to worry about anything. I didn't have to be scared. I didn't have to be scared when I was drunk. I didn't have to be scared. Now, of course, that led to many decisions while I was drinking that I regret, but I can't regret anything, right? It's just, it's what happened. And um, I just learned from it. And I guess what I did while I was drinking that I didn't like was enough to propel me to get sober. And, and I haven't picked up again because I thought I, to think back to those decisions I made while I was drinking, it just scares the, you know, what out of me. But I still have, this sense sometimes that I want to change things. I want things to look the way I want them to look. I want everything to be easy. I want everything to be, and I hate to use the word perfect because I'm not a perfectionist, but I want everybody to get along. I want everybody to be happy. I want everybody to be on the same page. I want people, and it's kind of funny because JF says this all the time. He's like, you want everybody to do what you want, think that they should do. And it's true. And when things aren't going the way I want them to go and it feels not steady is when I react and then I can't sleep. So I can't sleep and my head goes and my head goes and my head goes and it doesn't happen a ton for me anymore. But when it does, I do use this tool of like just writing it all down and writing actually what I'm in, what, what do I power over? And um, I don't have power over my son. He's 25 years old. He's going to be 26 actually in July. And he graduated from college and he's making choices now that are for him and his best interest. And I may think that it's not a good idea, but he doesn't think it is a bad idea what he's doing. So what do I have to do? I have to follow through and say, okay. And I have to trust. And it is so hard to trust. And it's so hard to have blind faith, especially in God. At, at least for me, it's hard, even though I know that there, like in my heart, I'm like, I know that there's a God. I believe in God. I believe everything's going to work out the way it's supposed to. But in it, I'm like totally fearful. I'm like, what is going to happen? What is going to happen? Or this looks like from my 53 years of experience on this planet, the choices he's making at the end of the day could add up to something really bad, a really bad car crash or whatever of his life. And, but I can't change his choices, right? I can't change his choices. And what I realized was that, you know, I gave him 
the best me, I gave all three of my kids, the best me I could ever give myself. And yes, I was drinking until I was 10, but I truly believe the whole time I've always tried to be the best I can be. I truly don't believe anybody gets up in the morning and says, I'm going to screw up my kids. I'm going to screw up my life. I'm going to go pick up a drink and I'm going to go get drunk and some bad things are going to happen and it's going to screw everybody up. I don't think people do that. I think people, especially me, and I can only speak for myself. I drank because it's what I did from when I was 13 to 37. That's what I did. I hung out with a bunch of people that like to drink the same way I drank. Um, I started drinking with a group that was the same way I was. We all drank the same way. Um, hence, majority of them are either drunk or, um, or sober and or have died, unfortunately. But um, I was, that was my way of dealing with everything that I dealt with. And I woke up all those years always wanting to be better, always wanting to be a better me and waking up going, I don't want to do that again, but I do it again because I have this disease. So I have one and I have 47 and, um, it was really, it was my answer for so long. So when I got sober at 37 and I had all these feelings, it was hard, you know, and still to this day, these feelings sometimes of uncontrollability, I can't control anything. I can't control other people. I can't control other people's actions. I can't control what's going to happen with the weather. I'm not going to control what happens with my kids. I'm not going to control what's going to happen on my air flight today. My son's graduating from college, my youngest one on, on um, Friday. And I'm going, I'm flying out tonight. And I'm like, I have no control over that. I have no control over the fact that there are fires in New Mexico. And I'm supposed to go to New Mexico on Sunday with my youngest, because he has an internship out there. And there's fires, oh, 300,000 acres of, um, of, New Mexico are on fire. So I'm like, okay, I have no control over that. And um, that's easy to deal with. I can be like, all right, I'm going to call the hotel, see what they say, make my choice if I'm going to go or not. But this stuff with your kids and with human beings and with relationships, it's really tough. It's really tough, especially if it's your kids and you're like watching something you're like, I don't think this looks good. I don't think what's going on is going to have good outcome. I think in fact, it may have a bad outcome, but what am I gonna do? I've already lost one night to sleep over it. Um, I've already lost being able to be friends with him right now because he's so mad at me because of my choices being different than his. He's not talking to me um, and it makes me sad and I've told him that, but he doesn't care and that's okay. It's okay, he's not supposed to care, um, I don't think. I wish he cared a little more than he does, but that's okay again. I mean, I have to be at peace with this stuff and it's acceptance. And um, there's this line in, you know, in Alcoholics Anonymous, the book Alcoholics Anonymous, and it's on page um, 417 and it says, acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. I have to accept that everything, everything is exactly the way it's supposed to be in God's world today, everything. Everything is exactly the way it's supposed to be. And you may say, really? Everything's supposed to be like this? And I believe that in most cases it's, it is. It's this is, I had to walk through this because I do believe I had a very close relationship with this child, with him. And for many, many, many years, like to the point, like and a lot of my friends didn't have that kind of close relationship with their child, especially a boy. And I did. And I think it is time for him to separate from me. I just wish it wasn't so painful but it is, it's painful and it makes me sad, 
but, and I said things and I don't regret what I said. I just wish I maybe said it differently, but there's nothing I can go back and change. And, um, it's me. I have like, I have to take care of me at the end of the day. And it's been really a crazy time because you, I think when our, at least for me, I can only speak for me again, when our kids grow up and they go and they on their lives and they do whatever they're going to do, which, you know, which you hope is going to be amazing things. And I have to say all three of my kids are doing amazing things. I mean, he's off running his life and has a great career. My daughter's starting law school in the fall and my youngest is graduating from college and they're going to get another degree. And he's, they're all set. Right. And I remember when they were growing up, I really wanted them to go and set the world on fire. That was like my goal. I wanted them to go see the world. I didn't want them to come back and have to live with me and have to live in my community. And I wanted them to go soar. And it's interesting because now that I, cause I had the opposite. My, I have, I have siblings didn't, they stayed with my mom forever and ever. Um, and they never left. They were always in the nest and they always had that close knit relationship, but I didn't want that. I wanted my kids to go fly and they have, and it's like bummer too. It's bummer that they've flown away because now they were kind of my, they were my friends. They were my life. I always was thinking about them, what they were going to do, what I needed to feed them, what I needed to do for them, what sporting events did I have to go to, what had to be done with schools. You know, it was a good 20, you know, five years of my life was dedicated to these kids. And now that it's over and I don't mean it's over and that it's a bad thing. It's over because they are, they don't need me like that anymore, but that brings me to, okay, now what with me, right? What am I going to do? And I have all this anxiety over it. What am I supposed to do when I grow up? And, um, I put on a meditation this morning on inside timer and it was the 10 things and I'm not going to remember all of them and I'm going to paraphrase this, but one of the things the, um, the gentleman who was the, the guy who was facilitating this, it was only seven minutes or eight minutes long. And it was 10 things that you should do in your life. And I remember one of them being that you should never regret, you know, your past because you can't go back to it. So I don't want to regret what I've done. There's nothing I can do about my kids and where they are today. They are where they are. I've given them the tools. They're going to make their decisions and they're going to go forward and for better or for worse, Hopefully our relationships will change and we'll get better again in the future and they'll be different, but it will be a change and rolling with that and being okay with it. But then what do I do, right? What do I do next? You know, I have you guys, I have my podcast, I have my artwork, as you can see behind me, if you're watching this on YouTube or on my website, um, I have that. And then I don't know. And so when I don't know, I have to sit and I realized last night when I was writing, cause I wrote on this legal pad, I wrote five pages. It was crazy. I wrote, kept writing and writing, and writing. And um, I realized that um, for so long while I was raising my kids and when I was younger. So when I was younger and I was drinking at those young ages and partying, I was just a real big party girl. And um, I was constantly busy. Tons and tons and tons of friends. And I say that word lightly because at the end of the day, you know, a lot of them, I've never even, they, once I got sober, they didn't want to talk to me again. And I'm not invited to the same things I used to be invited to. So um, they're not really my friends anymore. But I used to have all these friends because when you party, everybody wants to party with you, right? So everybody wanted to party with me. And then when I stopped drinking, all those partying people went away. But then I got so immersed in my kids, right? And I was working at different jobs at different times in my life that I did that kept me busy. And I was always 
always like doing stuff. And then I moved to Florida and I had huge, there's huge recovery in South Florida. So I had a lot of people that were in recovery. I had tons of friends, lots of meetings to go to. And I was in a city. And then a year in like March of last year, we moved here and I'm living now on this island. The recovery is kind of lame. Sorry if anybody's out there living on Amelia Island, but I do think it's kind of lame here compared to the other cities I've lived in. And um, I want to run. I want to run away from here. I want to go somewhere else, which I hopefully will at some point. I don't know where, but I'm, but I have to sit here now. So I'm sitting here and I don't want to sound like a brat because it's not like I'm sitting in a horrible place. I live right near the beach. It is very quiet here. There's not a lot going on. Um, but the mother, the nature here is unbelievable. Um, it's very quiet. There is no crime. It's very, very quiet. And for somebody that's been running their whole lives, which I have been, and I've got to take ownership for that. I've been running, constantly running, 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 running. And again, I'm not running, like physically running. I'm running from having these feelings. And now they're all coming up especially last night. And I just have to let go. And it's so hard. You know, it's hard to let go to God and know that everything's, you have to trust that everything's going to be okay. And uh, so back to one of those things that, that, that I listened to on the, um, on that meditation was that you can't regret the past. You also, um, you have to trust because when we, we worry about things that are going to happen, right? We worry about the worst things that are going to happen always. I don't know why we have that gloomy outlook on life, but he said, you know, you look at all these things that you think are going to be really terrible that are going to happen. And 99% of the things that are terrible that you think may happen, never happen. So I'm sitting here going, okay, so what is the worst thing that's going to happen right now? I'm going to be stuck living here for the rest of my life. Like that's a bad, it's not a bad thing, but I have to, again, sit here with these feelings of like, what's going to happen? What am I supposed to do? Am I just supposed to sit and be grateful and help other alcoholics, which is what I do. That's what I spend majority of my time doing besides painting. And, um, I go to a meeting online pretty often, um, I do exercise. I play, I, you know, I do certain sports, but you know, it's that feeling of like, is this, is this going to be enough? Is this going to be enough? And I pray something comes up. That's going to keep me busy. I don't know what it's going to be. Um, maybe I'll do more podcasts. Maybe I'll start having guests on again. Maybe, um, I'll do a program. I don't know. I don't know. I have all these things. I, I know people have said, write a book and I'm like, mm, I don't know. I just never feel like I can do write a book. Maybe I will. Maybe I'll get finally get comfortable enough that I'll write a book. But that feeling that you have that I gotta be doing something, I gotta be doing something, sitting here is not enough, is um is crazy, right? People should be like enjoy this time that we just get to sit. And none of us like to just sit, at least me. I don't like to sit. And um it feels uncomfortable sitting because thoughts come remorse comes from yesterday fear for tomorrow or for the next moment comes all these feelings that I have no control over what are these fears I have or these regrets I have I mean it already happened I can't regret anything it already happened I had to learn from it and the future yeah I should be scared but of what what am I really scared of so when I wrote it down I could see what I was scared of and it's all out of my control
what other people are going to do is it, I, I can't control. I can't control. I have to let go to whatever's going to happen. I can't change somebody else. I can only change me. And it sounds so easy, right? I just have to change me, but it's really hard to change me, isn't it? It's hard to change ourselves. It's hard to go and actually decide that you're going to do something totally different for the first time. It's hard to put down that drink. And um, I actually started a podcast yesterday and I ended up, I had a phone call that I had to take and I, it, the whole thing got messed up. And anyway, so here I am today. And yesterday, one of my big, um, one of my big things I wanted to talk about yesterday was it being the spring and, you know, I'm going to this graduation and, um, when you're newly sober and it's spring and it seems like the world's on fire because right now it's like, there's a lot going on, right? The spring is a really crazy time, especially for a lot of the people, the, uh, the people I work with. Um, they are, you know, they've got graduations, they've got end of the year parties, they've got, you know, ceremonies and they've got family that they normally don't see, but everybody's getting together for the graduations. And, um, I have to see my ex-husband who I haven't seen in a very long time because he's going to obviously be at our son's graduation. And, um, you know, does that give me, mm, no, I, I mean, that's going to be fine. Whatever. I've done this many times with him. I'm, he doesn't really like me. I'll say hello. Um, maybe I won't say hello. Maybe I won't even see him actually. Maybe he'll go far, far away from me, which is also, a, a, that could totally happen. So, um, really getting to this place of like, okay, here I am. It's the spring. I don't drink. I have all these feelings. I'm going to be around people that are going to drink. What am I going to do? How am I going to show up? How am I going to show up? And, um, we, th we have all these thoughts like, oh my God, what's everybody going to think about me? And then we have these friends that if we're newly sober say, oh my God, why are you not drinking? What's wrong with you? At least we feel judged, even though we aren't being judged. I think I'll tell you the craziest thing I've realized, you know, the people that really were the most upset about me not drinking anymore were the people that had the same problem I did, but didn't want to change. It made them feel uncomfortable that I wasn't drinking. It made them feel comfortable that I felt like I had a problem because if I have a problem and they drink just like I did, they might have a problem too. And they didn't want to recognize that. So they weren't really supportive. And in the end, as I mentioned earlier, they weren't really my friends, right? I got together with all these human beings that were around me, but they weren't really my friends at the end of the day. Did they want the best for me? No, they wanted the best for them, which I totally get. They wanted to feel comfortable and they didn't feel comfortable and they still don't. There's some, I don't get invited. I didn't get a invited to a bunch of stuff recently, um, especially over the last couple of years, because I've been so, uh, you know, I've been voicing myself so much about my recovery and, you know, the podcast the past five years and all that has really changed, uh, you know, I'm really, uh, obviously I'm, I'm out there and it makes people feel uncomfortable to be around me because maybe they drink too much. They don't want to be judged by me even though I would never judge anybody else, it's your life, but it makes other pe people feel uncomfortable, which of course hurts my feelings, 
but I have to understand it. It's okay. Not everybody's going to like me. I'm not going to have a trillion friends. Um, if I have five friends, it's awesome. Um, but it does hurt in the beginning. And you're like, but wait a minute, I want to have all these friends and I want to be social, but I also don't want to drink. And then it's like, well, where do you find your niche? And it takes time. And for me, I've moved so much recently that I just, I have, I, I do have a handful of amazing friends where I live. I do have, like, I have to tell you the friends I have here, they, they all drink, which is crazy. But um, like, I have really amazing friends. Like I know if I broke down on the side of the road, they'd come get me. Like, I know that they would do, they would do anything for me. And that's like an amazing feeling. There's not a ton of them. There's just a couple of sprinklings, but that's all I need. Like, that's the one thing I have here is like amazing, true friends that I've never had. I'm building a relationship with my husband, which I've mentioned on here, which I hadn't had. You know, it's like, I get to enjoy this. I don't have to worry about my kids, but it's also a change, right? It's all these feelings, 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 feelings. Um, and um you know, and it's the spring and you're going to have all these feelings coming up that you weren't included. Why weren't you included? And what am I going to do? How am I going to show up? What am I going to drink? I don't want to drink, but I got to go to this party. Um, as you guys know, I bring Pellegrino wherever I go. It's my thing. I bring Pellegrino everywhere I go. And I have to tell you that it has been really interesting to me of late that, um, you know, addiction and recovery is being talked about a lot in re, um, reality TV like never before. And I watched, I said, I mentioned this before, her name was Jackie. She had the food, she's got the, um, she's got food, you know, she's got some food issues. And she talked all about it on the Housewives of New Jersey. And that was amazing. I thought that showed real strength of this woman going out there and showing that. And then Selma Barrett just coming out and talking about her addiction with alcohol and being on the front page of People Magazine. Then there was a guy, I, Bling Empire. Okay, I can't believe I'm telling you guys I watched the show, but I watched the show. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's like watching mindless TV. And um, But one of the gentlemen on the show um, is um, he's in recovery and he talks about it on the show and he talks about uh, how he had to go on a date and you could tell that the person he was meeting with it said it was his friend but it was I'm sure a sponsor and he was talking to him about how he was going on a date with a woman and he never told her that he was sober and they go on this date and they talk about how they you, they show him talking on his date with this woman about how he's in been sober for 10 years. And she said, are you an AA? And he said, yes, I am. And she's like, that's awesome. And then, you know, I don't know if any of you know this, there's a new company that came out um, from um, uh, Katy Perry, the singer Katy Perry. And she came out with this new company and I'm going to my email because I know they just sent me, um, they just sent me an email about their, um, about their drink and I haven't tried it, but I'm going to order it when I get back from my trip. Cause it looks so good. I might even actually order it while I'm gone. So it's here when I get home, but it's called day soul, I think. Oh yeah. D E S O I. That's the name of the company D E S O I. And it is, um, it's here's what it says. So you're doing brunch. Someone's bound to bring mimosas. So it's up to you to think outside of the box, either enter a non-alcoholic sparkling here's all you need so you bring this and it's um they've got this whole package i'm gonna buy it it's not cheap 
but I'm going to try it. And I think that's really cool that Day Soul is coming out with something that is um, non-alcoholic to have um, as an option when you're not drinking. And, um, but back to the sleeplessness. So the sleeplessness happened last night. I ended up, I didn't take any melatonin or anything last night. So I was up, I did the writing. Um, I'm exhausted, but I wrote all that stuff and it worked. You know, somebody had told me to journal many, many years ago. And I've always, you know, I, I do it when I'm in, in a jam, like I was last night. I don't do it all the time but it totally helped. So if you're losing sleep and you wanna really get down to the nitty gritty, um, living in the moment is all that really matters. Being in right now is all that matters. And I talk about that all the time because I talk to you guys about it because I have to have a reminder. I don't remember. All I have is this moment. I can't go back. I can't go back. I, and I can't have, like, I don't wanna regret it. It's everything's happened the way it's supposed to happen. And I don't know what's going to happen in the future. Hopefully, you know, I got a good head on my shoulders and I can manage through and I'm going to go through this graduation. I'm not going to drink. I'm going to have Pellegrino or sparkling um, water from the tap, which I really actually don't like, but, um, but I'll have that with a lemon and um, I'm going to just go. I'm going to meet all these people I've never met before that are in my son's fraternity. He hasn't even been at the school he's graduating from in over a year, but we're going back to do all this crazy stuff because he wants to. And that's what we do as parents. We show up and um, I'm going to go to all this stuff and um, I'm going to show up the best mom I can show up. And that's all I can do. And um, all this other noise that's going on in my head about my oldest, I hope it all works out. It always does. It'll work out the way it's supposed to work out. And um, I'm just going to keep on this ride of life and just know that if you've had any of these feelings, I totally get it in there. I hope some of these ideas that I've been talking about will help you get to um, a place where you're like, oh my gosh, and recognize that the feelings are going on and you don't have to drink over them. They're uncomfortable for the moment, but you can move your feet and change. And the feelings aren't facts. They will, feelings are not facts. Feelings are not facts. Feelings change all the time. There's highs, there's lows, there's goods, there's bads. Um, but the bads are nothing like the bads were when I was drinking. I've never gotten up since I've been sober and gone, oh my God, that's just terrible. It's not never, ever, 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 ever been as bad as waking up going, what did I say? What did I do? I don't remember anything. I haven't had to feel that in a very long time. Um, but sometimes I do lose sleep and sometimes I do have to get into action. So I wrote. And so if you're doing it, get up in the middle of the night, maybe get up out of bed and write and light a candle, put on some music, or if you've got a fountain, turn it on and um, get some Zen for yourself. And life is, you know, life is okay. Especially if you're not drinking, you know, it's okay. It's okay. That's an amazing feat that you, if you haven't drank. So kudos to you. I hope everybody's great weekend. So I'm going to Santa Fe. I don't know if I'm going to be on next week. I'm putting it out there. If I'm not on, it is because I'm in New Mexico. And um, I decided that I didn't want to do a podcast. And then I'll be back the next week. So I haven't decided whether or not I'll be on next week either. You might see me, you might not. But if you don't, don't be worried. I'll be back the following week. And if you're out there and you're not drinking, again, be 
really proud of yourself. And remember that you're not alone. Reach out to me anytime. You can reach me at busy, B-I-Z-Z-Y, at busy, B-U-S-Y, livingsober.com or elizabeth at elizabethchance.com. Both of them will get to me. Um, if you like what you hear, subscribe. Please tell a friend about it. If any of your friends could be beneficial, as I have said many times, I actually, a friend of mine said this last week, you know, if you, your friend might not be, have an alcohol problem, but they might actually benefit from my message, send them to them too. Cause I don't think my message is just for alcoholics. I think a lot of this stuff, regular people feel all the time too. So, um, reach out, don't be a stranger, um, subscribe, tell your friends if you like it. And, um, until next time, keep getting busy, living sober, take care everybody. Bye. We will. Bye everybody.